Hello, this is the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm Jeff Cranson, Director of Communications at the Michigan Department of Transportation. This week, on a special edition of the podcast, I'll be speaking with Craig Heidelberg, who's in charge of operations on state highways in the Ann Arbor area. That means it's his job to keep the traffic flowing. The busy US 23 freeway had to be closed September 10th because a close observation revealed damage inflicted from a truck with an oversized load striking the bridge back in August. Craig talks about the emergency repairs to the bridge, the challenging traffic diversion involved, and the relief that came with reopening the freeway. So once again, I'm here with Craig Heidelberg, who is the engineer of operations at the Brighton Transportation Service Center, which includes the area in Milan Township where the US 23 railroad bridge had to be had to be repaired um, and the freeway had to be closed during that period. Craig, thanks for taking time to explain this to people. Could you start just by talking about the project and what it entailed? Yes, the the and Jeff, thank you for having me on. Um, I appreciate it. Um, and a chance to explain the project to, to the public. Um, yeah, the project was, you know, we had a high load bridge hit on September 10th, uh, or previous to September 10th, but we got notified that the freeway needed to be closed on September 10th. So well, there was two projects involved. One was an emergency contract to get the traffic control out there to, to close the freeway in both bounds. And then there was also the emergency contract to fix the bridge from the high load hit. Um, which included heat straightening and 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 steel plates with bolting to uh, secure that bottom flange of the bridge um, so it could carry the load. Um, that's kind of a summary of the project. Yeah, when you talk about that traffic control alone, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you know the layman uh, doesn't even realize that that's a whole another component to this and requires usually separate contractors. And you know, even after you felt and our chief bridge engineer and the region bridge engineer and everybody working for the railroad and working for the contractor decided this morning tuesday that the bridge was safe and good for traffic to pass under then you've got a whole nother process to reopen the road with the contractor that was in charge of that component so yeah talk about what's involved in that especially as an engineer of operations who obviously hates ever closing a freeway. Yeah, normally um, it would be months of communication with the, the local governments and the law enforcement and, and getting input on the best way to close close a road like this and the detours. Um, we had hours. Uh, we were given direction on September 10th to, to close the freeway. Uh, we got MSP involved and our maintenance folks involved from multiple garages to get out there and, and close the freeway immediately. Um, in the interest of the of public safety and, and concerns of the uh, structural capacity of the bridge. Uh, so that was its own effort and to initially close it, but then it was also all the traffic control to, to tighten it up with the closure as far as the, the barricades and the, and the signage and the barrels and the digital boards kind of warning motorists as they approach the area to, to seek alternate route. Um, and then also the detour signs um, so there was a lot of signage required on this project. Um, and it took took about three days to get everything up, two and a half to three days. Um, and then once they got notice of that the roadway could be opened, 
Poco, who was the maintaining traffic contractor, was able to get out there within an hour or two, get the freeway open, but there's still a couple days of work to get everything pulled down, all the traffic control and all the devices removed. So it was quite an effort from everyone involved. Well, as long as the main boards, you know, the DMS and Google and Waze and MyDrive are telling people it's open, uh, you're probably going to hit the vast majority of the travelers. Yeah, we definitely, um, I know we set out a press release letting everyone know that the traffic's open and we are trying to message on the DMSs that, that the freeway's open to kind of get the word out. Um, so so it's great, great news and uh, we get traffic flowing again. So be brutally honest, what were your thoughts when you heard from the bridge engineers, uh, you know, two and a half weeks ago that we're going to have to close this and what went through your mind as far as worst case scenarios? Um, you know, I did think it was going to be longer than this, but uh, of course, any duration is going to be a great impact to the public. So I, I won't lie and said I thought it'd be maybe three or four weeks at a minimum, um, and it was at 18 days. But again, even at that, that's quite the impact to the public, and we realized that, and we expedited everything as much as we could. Um, but my my immediate thought I, at this point, I'm not surprised by anything anymore, being at MDOT for 20 years. Um, I, I just looked at it as another challenge and, 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 and we took it on and, and we did the best we could with it. Well, talk about uh, working with the contractor. I mean, they were great. It sounds like about expediting the work themselves and, and getting in there and getting out of there. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, both both contractors. Um, we had POCO with the maintaining traffic devices. Right. Um, once they were awarded, they got that stuff out in a couple days. And then, um, and also removing will be within a few days. But then the uh, Davis Construction, um, as soon as they got awarded, they were out the next day uh, with the heat straightening and then primer the next day, which takes three days cure, which happened over the weekend. So that was timely. And then Monday they completed, late into Monday, they completed the steel repairs. And then we completed our inspections in the morning and we, we got it open today. So really break that down. I mean, you talk about the heat treatment of the the steel and then putting a primer on it. That you know that might sound like just a minor detail, but explain why that's important. Yeah. So the you know when the bridge got hit, um, the bottom flange got torn and bent. So um, to get that realigned so that the new plates could could go flush to the new uh, or to the bottom of the flange of the of the existing beam, they had to heat straighten it to get it flat, or we wouldn't have had that contact that's important um, with the the bottom flange and the steel repairs. Um, and then the primer is to is so you don't get pack rust in between the repair and the old beam. Um, so we we seal that seal that beam up, and um, that, so that repair will last um, a long time. Yeah. So what did you tell me you thought that uh, daily? I mean, it's not the busiest freeway in the state, but it's it's pretty busy. Did you say you thought like 45,000 vehicles a day go through there? Yeah, it's around 40,000 vehicles a day that, you know, had to find alternate routes, which is which is not an, always an easy task. And, and we understand that. And that's why we we expedited everything as much as we can. But yeah, that's a that's a lot of vehicles um, to try to divert. And it's a lot of, uh, you know, interstate traffic, a lot of people coming and going to Toledo and points further south in Ohio. So you had to, you know, work on your communications with the Ohio DOT too. Yeah, we, um, that was one of the key aspects that we tried to do outreach was to um, 
the commercial traffic and, and trying to divert their routes um, real early before they even approached the area. So we did reach out to ODOT the day of the closure and we coordinated messaging on their boards, uh, their digital boards down in Ohio. Um, and we also, through our own uh, state transportation operations center stock, we um, communicated messaging all the way out in Lansing and Jackson and in the metro area of Detroit to try to just divert that commercial traffic away from this area. Yeah, and hope that those trucks didn't take the local roads, which uh, obviously puts a real burden on them. Yeah, so that's what we were trying to avoid as much as possible. Well, thanks, Craig. Is there anything else you want to add about the, the project and how things you know came to be? No, I would just like to give thanks to everyone that's involved um, from the from the MDOT side with maintenance and and the Bureau of Bridges and and communications folks and getting the words out and our administrative staff um, handling the calls and all the law enforcement with MSP and the sheriff's department and local police and then uh, our road agencies like Monroe County Road Commission and ODOT. Uh, we really appreciate all the efforts that everyone put into this and. Uh, um, we're happy that it's open, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy for you that you guys were able to expedite and get it done quickly. I mean, you can't help the problem uh, that, that created this, and that was that yet another oversized load uh, damaged the bridge, which we've had way too many of the past few years. So all you can do then is try to mitigate the circumstances and fix what happened, and that's what you guys did. So congratulations. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you again for listening to this week's edition of the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I would like to thank Randy Dubler and Corey Petey for engineering this week's podcast. To subscribe to show notes and more, go to Apple Podcasts and search for Talking Michigan Transportation. Mm-hmm.